welcome back to A Servant's Heartbeat. My name is Kristen. Thank you for listening and allowing me the opportunity to share my heartbeat for the kingdom of God with you. Today, as the the title tells, we are going to discuss deception. Cue dramatic music now. But before I jump into that, I do want to take another quick minute just to thank Brother and Sister Ashley for joining us last week. They were here for a children's crusade, and then we had the opportunity to sit down with them and record a podcast, and, and they shared their heartbeat for God's kingdom. So if you haven't yet, um, be sure to go back and listen to that one. It was, it was a good time with them. So thank you, Brother and Sister Ashley. All right, so for this week, there is just something within us that doesn't like to be wrong. <laughs> you know, if, if we're told we're doing something wrong, it kind of ruffles our, our feathers a little bit. And if you can think back when you were in school, perhaps you didn't raise your hand in class for fear of getting the answer to a question wrong. And we all know that person <laughs> that just cannot stand to be told if they're wrong. It just eats them up. <laughs> so thinking about how it feels when we know we've done wrong or when we know we have missed something. I have heard it said before that eternity is too long to be wrong. I mean, we don't like to get answers to a question wrong, and I, I sure don't want to miss getting eternity wrong. Well, there's a portion of scripture that tells us many, not just one or two, but many were mistaken or wrong about the condition of their souls. They were so convinced of their salvation that they literally questioned with the Lord about this. So Matthew 7 and 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So Jesus is saying, Not everyone that calls me Lord is going to heaven, but those that will do my will, those that will obey. So verse 22, many, not just a few, but many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? Well, right here are many people who just found out they got it wrong. They missed something. How did this happen? Well, verse 23 and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So the response that Jesus gave was straight to the point. I never knew you is referring to the level of their relationship with him. And iniquity is referring to transgression of the law. To put more clearly, it just means doing things without his law more specifically the law of God, the word of God. So here are people attending church, doing all of the Christian things. <laughs> they are singing in the choir. They are volunteering at every church event. 
They are helping out at the nursing home, you name it. But somewhere there was a disconnect and Jesus lets us know that part of that disconnect was related to their relationship with him and their obedience to his word. Well, Moses addresses this as well in the Old Testament with the children of Israel. He instructed them to love the Lord. And that emphasis is on relationship. He tells them to keep his charge, keep his statutes, his judgments, his commandments. This is found in Deuteronomy 11 and 1. But to do the opposite of that lands us where we just read in Matthew, where Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. If we continue reading in Deuteronomy, Moses mentions something that leads us into our topic of deception today. So in Deuteronomy eleven sixteen, he tells Israel, Take heed to yourselves, that your heart be not deceived, and ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Well, that word deceived, nobody likes to be, right? Enticed persuaded, drawn away. It makes the grass look greener on the other side. And we started our devotion by talking about how nobody likes to be wrong. I mean, when it's pointed out that, hey, you got that wrong, that doesn't feel very good, right? Well, when the Lord returns, I don't want to find myself on the wrong. I don't want to find myself being deceived. I want to be sure but how does that happen? Well, whenever I think about, and I'm sure you you do too, the Lord's return, some things begin to come to mind. And, and one of the things that, that often comes to mind as far as the approaching of his return are signs of the time. You know, there's that verse in Matthew 24 that refers to wars and rumors of wars and nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom and famines, and and pestilence, and earthquake, and high grocery bills, and high gas prices, you know, all these things come to mind. But on top of that, he also told them, don't be deceived. So Jesus told his disciples to be aware of deception. In Matthew 24, 4, he told them, take heed that no man deceive you. He warned them in Matthew 24, 24, of those that would try to deceive the very elect. So what can I do to intentionally make sure, do the best I can, that I'm not being deceived? I want to make heaven. Well, he tells us in Matthew 24, 42, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Watch, be aware, be vigilant. Think about a soldier on on watch. Their responsibility is to carefully look and listen for any possible threat or danger. And while on watch, that soldier may have their weapon or some other key things with them to help them watch effectively. I am a visual thinker. So imagine this with me, if you will. The Lord is telling you to watch, therefore. He doesn't want us to be deceived. So you have arrived at your watch location with three key items. 
Now, there definitely could be more things that could help us watch effectively. But for the purpose of just this devotion today, we'll talk about three. So you have your Bible, you have a journal, and you have binoculars. (laughs) Now, that Bible you have because it's God's law. This is where I become aware of those statutes, those judgments, those commandments that was mentioned in the verse that we read in Deuteronomy. And we have our journal. And this this part may look different for each of us, but basically it's a place of study. Yes, I can read his word. I can even quote it, (laughs) but I could read it. I could quote it and still miss the application. So yes, I'm reading his word. Yes, I know his word. But am I understanding how to apply it? What does this look like in my life? 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So this brings us to item number three, your binoculars. Now, granted, Nobody is walking around the church house with real binoculars. However, we do walk around with something called perspective, the way we see things. So have you ever been talking to somebody and y'all don't agree? And you say, well, I just don't see it that way. Or maybe you do agree with someone and you say, oh, okay, I see what you mean. I see what you're saying. So think of those binoculars when you're on watch as your perspective, the way you see things. And it's show enough, (laughs) don't take long for us to realize that people can have very, very different perspectives. But I want to learn to embrace God's perspective. God, how do you see this? So to focus in on that perspective, example, let's say that pastor or somebody, parents, you know, maybe a person in a place of authority in my life has said something and it didn't quite sit well with me. (laughs) I didn't quite see it the way they saw it. But in my watch position, in my attempt to watch, therefore, I'm going to open God's law. That was item one. I'm going to begin to study. That was item two and begin to search this out. And I'm going to use God's law. I'm going to use my time of study to clean the lenses of my perspective with his word, with this truth. I may not always agree in every moment. My pinky toe may have gotten stepped on during the preaching. But part of watching, therefore, so that I am not deceived is to find that place of humbleness within me and embrace God's perspective. And realizing that, Lord, your ways are higher than mine. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. So there may be some things that don't always make sense or don't always sit well. But in humility, Lord, I acknowledge that you know best. Help me to embrace your perspective. Help me to be watchful. Think about the Garden of Eden. What would have happened had Eve taken a little more time to consider what God really said? But instead, there was that listening to Satan and being deceived. 
Eve listened to an influence long enough to start feeling deprived of something. In other words, forget about all the liberty I've been given. Let's zero in on the limitations, things I can't do, things I can't have, rather than the privileges and liberty that I have been given. And when I start to feel deprived, if I'm not being watchful with that word, with study, that can open me up to be a wide open target for deception. I've got to be watchful. I need the law of God. I need his word. I need consistent time of study of his law to help me clean the lenses of my perspective and embrace his. The adversary of our soul does his job very well, and he will do all he can to blur the vision and interrupt the watching. He paints a real pretty picture of a questionable choice and tries to color those lenses of our binoculars to where we don't quite see or think clearly when making certain decisions. And when that happens, again, I'm that wide open target for deception and possibly believing a lie. I may accept what's 99% truth as authentic when it's not. Recently, uh, the youth were discussing this in Sunday school and it carried over into our music devotion. But in Matthew 4, Jesus is led up um, of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. And when that temptation came, he responded with, it is written, referring to what is written in the scriptures. Well, (laughs) Satan's like, I got one for you. (laughs) He used the word right back. In verse 6 of Matthew 4, Satan says, it is written. So our adversary will attempt to use a blurred perspective, a lack of our study of God's word to his advantage. So again, I need that law. I need time of consistent study in his law. And I want to embrace his perspective, God's perspective, so that I'm not deceived. Now, surely there are lots of things that can play into being deceived. But I think that one of the key players in deception is boundaries. So things that aren't necessarily sin, but the lack of boundaries with those things can definitely lead me down a path that I did not intend to go. And I am definitely by no means here to draw boundaries, but more so get the wheels of your mind turning and and thinking about how boundaries or the lack thereof affect my ability to watch, therefore, and not be deceived. So what is my perspective towards the boundaries that are in my life right now in a particular area? Am I starting to feel deprived? Am I starting to feel like, "Mm, I wonder what's on the other side? The Bible refers to us as the sheep of his pasture. And well, sometimes sheep want to go their own way and go astray. We have all seen this and perhaps done this ourselves. (laughs) Mama says to that baby, no, but that little toddler, as precious as they are, wants to test the boundaries. Mama said, don't touch that. But sweet little one, 
wants to get as close as they can to that thing that mama said, don't touch. And then look at mama and say, what? I'm not touching it. There's something about being right there at the fence, (laughs) right there against the fence line, right there up against the boundary. How close can I get? And we've all seen it, especially living in the South. You know, you're, you're driving by and you pass up, you know, the, the cows in a pasture. And there's this one cow <laughs> sticking their head through the fence to eat grass on the other side. <laughs> they have the lushness behind them in the whole field. But there's just something about that little patch of grass on the other side of the fence that they want to get to. You know, so how close can I get to right up? to this boundary, right up to this fence and still be okay and not be deceived. But living that close to the fence, living that close to the boundary line can sometimes make me an easier target for deception, to be confused, to believe a lie, to have a blurred perspective because I haven't gotten to where I'm studying the word of God like I need to. Could it be that right at the fence line is where most deception occurs? Wherever deception happens, Lord, help me to be humble enough to realize that there are things beyond the boundaries that I may not be able to see. Speaking of being in Texas or the South and passing up cows in a pasture, I was headed to a a sister's house in the church And there's some pastures on the way out to her house. Well, I pass by one and something catches my eye. And I I think it it almost looked like this huge bear (laughs) right beside this tree and kind of caught me off guard, but I, I couldn't stop. So I kept going. I got to her house and I tell her like, sis, there is something on the side of the road. You have got to come with me and see this. And it wasn't too far to get back. So She hops in the car with me and and we go trying to figure out what this is. So we get there and realize it's a cow. And unfortunately, it it didn't end very well for that cow. So we get to investigating and it turns out that the pasture was on a hill. And the cow had decided, hey, I, I want the grass on the other side of this fence And it had pressured its way so much against this boundary line, against this fence, and and until it, it slipped, it lost its footing, got outside the fence, and slid down this hill, and it did not end well for the cow at all. Well, it's one thing to look at an animal doing that, you know, but what about our souls? What about when we want to press our way against the boundary? not knowing about the drop-off that's on the other side. Matthew 7 and 15 mentions beware of false prophets. So going back to where we began, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is going to make heaven. And I want to be aware of those that will come, those that will entice, those that will allure in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves that sheep's clothing, a.k.a. deception. I know, I know my flesh, (laughs) and I'm sure yours does too, sometimes wants to fight, sometimes wants to buck up against the boundary or things that have been set, 
things that have been preached or or guidance and wisdom that has been given. But I think it's a much better place for me to watch in the center of his will, studying his word, abiding by his law, living in that place of, of humble obedience, than again, being right up against the fence line and being a bigger target for deception. 